This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Peter Mero and Soko. October is Retirement Month, and in the latest episode of the Money Savvy Podcast, I'll be discussing how to recover if you have a retirement funding shortfall. I am joined by Rick Isnell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. Welcome to Money Savvy, Rikas. Uh, thank you, Boitumelu. Now, what are some of the reasons people fall behind with their retirement planning? I think there's, uh, there's quite a few reasons, but I think some of the most common reasons is actually uh, many people sort of never uh, press start. Uh, so they, they never ignite um, or light. It's a light ignition. Um, and that they fail to plan or approach someone for advice. Other common mistakes is obviously that they uh, try and stick to their own devices and they get burned somewhere and they need to start uh, start over uh, for, for that matter. Um, other things like eventuality, uh, death, illness, retrenchment, uh, divorce is a big one. So I think there's, there's quite a few common reasons. Uh, other one is obviously the, the discipline or mistakes that's made along the line. Uh, so it's actually, I think it's quite rare to tackle this uh, retirement planning topic or theme by yourself and uh, never sort of uh, uh, fall behind or make mistakes and have to start over. When drafting your retirement plan, how long should you aim for your funds to last you for? So the, the, the most studies are sort of resting on a 30-year case study where uh, someone accumulates assets and then for 30 years you've got a decumulation uh, phase where they draw down on that uh, on that capital and that typically takes someone from age 65 to 95 and from uh, if you retire retire at age 70 to age 100 so you can clearly see that if if someone retires at age 55 it's actually quite a challenging uh, uh, setup or um, scenario to get someone financially independent over a 45-year period. Um, so what we typically see is, is when people retire at this age, it's normally a first retirement and they start a second, perhaps from a corporate life, uh, they start a second career or they sell their first business and start another one. But uh, I think and I hope actually to see um, more so than what we see in the industry is that the retirement age is actually pushed out to, towards age 70. Rickers, so ideally, how much should you have saved up for retirement? So the, the general rule of thumb in our industry is 4% of, um, of your investment capital that's available for income drawdown. Bear in mind, that's a 4% gross passive income. So if it's coming out of retirement funds, it's obviously taxed before um, it's hitting the client's bank account. Um, if, if someone is retiring, let's say at age uh, 70, that can sort of go up to about 5%, obviously lower age 60, I would, I would suggest a, a lower percentage of a 3% even. Uh, bear in mind, and I, and, and, and I think this is the difficult thing, but the important message just to, to convey is that you don't want to have a borderline, um, borderline retirement scenario. So in, in many instances, I think people uh, hope to get to this 4% of 
of uh, capital in terms of passive income that they can can generate as soon as possible. But I think retirement should be think, thought about as a, it's a state of mind and it is a state of health and it is a state of financial independence. And as I say, I think the 4% is the best uh, sort of gauge to, to put out there, but you don't want to be a borderline retirement. It, 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 par it paralyzes retirees, which is, I mean, there's no quality of life in that. Now, let's say you get to your 40s and you realize that you may not be on track to achieve your savings target. What should be your next step? So the, the best information that we see um, for age 40 is that someone should, should have saved up more or less um, three times their annual uh, income. Um, so, which is quite a big number for most people in their 40s, including, including myself. Um, when, when you fall behind and are behind, uh, I think the best thing to do is obviously to extend your career uh, term or uh, span uh, and actively uh, work on that career plan that you can actually enhance your income, uh, that you can save more, save quicker, and then... Um, and obviously, you can pull a lever of being more aggressively invested to, to get greater investment returns. Um, and then obviously, be disciplined about how you spend and obviously how you apply debt, which is one of the biggest stumbling blocks of why people uh, in modern era is not retiring well. Now, how does this scenario change when you are a few months away from retirement? When I say this, I know it's not the case, but hopefully when, when someone is approaching retirement, they, they should have been with a credible financial planner for 10 or 20 years. The basic principles of, of investment uh, should be very um, you know, familiar to them. Uh, they should clearly know what were the objectives that they were chasing and, 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 and steering towards and then whether they're ahead or behind of those, those objectives. And obviously, then lastly, what are their retirement options? So what we see is that people sort of approach financial advisors uh, very short towards the retirement um, date, which, which we hope to change. It's actually something that you build a relationship with someone, a trust relationship when, when the stakes are relatively small. Uh, those are the times and the days that you should form these these relationships and uh, and get to the right advisor. Now, should you consider working longer or maybe even on a part-time basis just to build up your savings? So I think, uh, as, I, as I said, and maybe going back to, uh, to what is retirement, retirement in my mind is someone that has reached the point where their state of mind tells them that they, they're looking for something different. Uh, sometimes that is uh, brought forward or uh, a line in the sand in terms of health, which one can understand. But then lastly, um, the, the, it's a point of financial independence. And, and, and whether you're in the state of mind, I think that's just the irony, whether you're in the state of mind or have the health condition, if you're not in a position of financial independence, you are actually unable to retire and you have to work uh, um, a part-time job or a two days, two days a week. Um, what I can say, and, and I mean, we see the whole array of variety of individuals that retire. I don't think retirement uh, or, or humans are well-designed to do nothing. 
uh, and not to produce anything. So even if you're not earning an income, uh, I think it's it's prudent to have and constructive to have some sort of uh, goal in terms of what are you going to produce? Are you plowing back? Are you spending time and, and plowing into grandchildren, whatever the case might be? But what is it that you're going to produce? And I think that 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 in my mind provides a quality of life uh, retirement. Now, from a financial aspect of it, if you do decide to continue working, how does that then affect your retirement plan? So obviously, when you when you are still earning an income, uh, it means that you're not drawing down on your invest or existing investment capital. So what? It's basically a two-legged uh, calculation. That one is that you're still adding contributions into this retirement and uh, retirement savings. Uh, and obviously, you're postponing the uh, the withdrawal component. So you basically get this double um, double contribution, uh, in, if that makes sense, against uh, current growth rates. So what we typically see is if someone is able to push their retirement out, which would have perhaps been a borderline retirement, if they push it out by five years, in many cases that retirement turns into a very comfortable retirement instead of a borderline one. And when you're trying to build up your savings, um, how should you handle debt during this stage? Yeah, so I mean, we talked about the 40s, uh, and unfortunately this is the age where the majority of individuals become a little bit more aware of the the retirement um, objective, um, because in your 30s you you think you're going to live forever. Uh, But it's also uh, typically the phase where individuals start expanding on debt and expanding on their lifestyle by buying that bigger house, that better car. They start having uh, meaningful wedding anniversaries and birthdays, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but debt, as I said at the start, is perhaps one of the biggest stumbling blocks of why people are unable to, to retire. So, so wealth and debt from the outside looks exactly the same. But if you bought something on, on, on debt, people... Uh, you know, familiar with accounting is you, you're picking up the item perhaps of value. Sometimes that value depreciates, but you're also picking up the liability. So you're actually not going forward. And I think in a lot of instances, debt are actually fooling the people uh, or the investors themselves. They, they're buying items on credit. Um, had a conversation this morning saying, I mean, you can even buy oranges these days on debt. Uh, so, so I think the whole... Uh, way of how debt is utilized is is very confusing. I think uh, there should be a very big focus um, towards living uh, within your means. And I think if if you do that or anyone doing that would actually see there's very very little utility for debt uh, compared to what we're currently seeing. And during your retirement stages, what should your investment strategy be? Okay, so there's there's quite a few, uh, but one is one to avoid is uh, I would I would avoid uh, any form of a gambling theme. I, anyone believing in getting rich uh, fast, I think that mentality is actually quite harmful. Uh, it it might work for you with with a small stake once or twice. As the stakes rises. Uh, the chances of getting burnt and starting over is, is unbelievably big. So it's a much better process of uh, progressing 
incrementally on things that are predictable. And if I say items that's predictable or financial instruments, it even includes your listed equities. Um, they are also, over the long term, they're rather predictable and, and, and you can actually ground your financial plan on something. So it's more um, of getting a predictable gain over the long term and making sure that you will actually finish this race and end up where you want it to be. And then obviously in the interim, avoid avoid mistakes. Now, just going back to some lifestyle changes, um, should you consider maybe downgrading your house and buying a smaller one and then maybe using the excess funds from the sale to then invest in a retirement annuity? Yeah, so I think it, it comes back to living within your means. Um, so perhaps someone has actually extended beyond, beyond that. And, and in that instance, it would make sense <clears throat> to actually scale down and, and get back to, uh, you know, as I say, being cut, cut back to size uh, because it frees you up from a debt point of view in, in many instances and that you can actually apply those same payments but building something on the, um, on the balance sheet rather than repaying debt. Ironically, uh, smaller residences are not always cheaper than bigger ones because they typically more modern and they, uh, in, in many instances, they are in security complexes with, with new or the latest uh, appliances and, and finishes, et cetera, et cetera. So it's quite a um, failed strategy to actually think you're going to redeem some retirement capital from that, even at points of retirement and, and scale down. It comes back to live within your means. Uh, that's the best way to proceed. Uh, putting it into a retirement annuity, um, retirement annuities has got particular characteristics and they are best suited for people with a, with a tax, uh, with a high taxability. People in particular that do active estate planning and obviously people that wants to get the, the uh, protection from creditors as what the Pension Fund Acts allow for. So for those people who may not be able to continue working for whatever reason, um, can they supplement the savings that they have in retirement with the government pension? If you're quite honest, the government pension is, is not taking you very far if, if we're honest with one another. Uh, I had a look at uh, at it recently, and uh, I mean, it's it's not breaking to 2,000 rand a month, uh, what I've seen, uh, over the age of 60, and obviously, um, there's a little bit extra if you're over the age of 75. So it is supplementary, but whether it will take you very far is doubtful. I think if someone feels that they are unable to work, I think it's a career planning opportunity. To understand why is it that you're unable to work, uh, age is not, an, is not a good example of why you're unable to work. There's multiple examples of people being um, exceeding age 75 or even 80 running countries. So age is not a good barometer anymore for retirement. And, and as I say, it's perhaps a good opportunity to go back and look at the career plan and say, what are the reasons why I'm unable to work? Thank you so much, Rikus. Thank you for the opportunity. That was Rikus Nell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy Podcast, hosted by Bitumelo and Sorkel. 
To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.